0: All right, this morning we're continuing through the series, Encounters, and this morning the encounter we're going to consider is found in Matthew chapter 14, the encounter on the sea, the encounter on the sea, and you know, uh, faith will be a part of that, and uh, as we think of faith, as we think of the importance of faith, there's an action it involves, and sometimes It's hard to put faith in people. And uh, several weeks ago, we did a series in our church called Suit Up. And one of the pieces of armor we talked about was the shield of faith. And um, the staff did videos to go along with that. And we we tried to demonstrate faith for uh, our church. So here it is. When I think of faith, it makes me think think of faith. It makes me think of something we used to play as kids. I don't know if you ever did this in Wilmington, but we did this a lot. Oh. We would go, uh, we would call them, like, uh, Trust Falls. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, I remember doing yeah. that. Yeah, okay. So, or Faith Falls. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I would stand, and then you'd stand behind and catch me, okay. and and then, yeah, so, yeah. Okay. You, you know, the one thing I know about Trust Falls is... I didn't count to three. You know... <laughs> Sometimes the people we put our faith in, you just can't, you just can't trust, you know. And uh, we have one of those guys. No, that was all staged, just so you know. But the, but the idea of faith, it, it involves actions. And and this morning, as we think of this encounter on the sea and this encounter on the Sea of Galilee, um, my wife last September uh, of 2022, she had the opportunity to go to Israel with her sister and she actually saw the, the Sea of Galilee. This was actually a little video she took with her phone. And this is actually the place where, where Jesus walked, and, and Peter took a, a short stroll. So I thought that would be neat as we, as we introduce this. You know, um, the encounter that takes place on the sea was a journey. And we're all on a journey. And, and as, we, as we think of this... The disciples came, and 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 were uh, just uh, at experience Jesus feeding the five thousand, and uh, they uh, were were there, and and he said, "It's time that we um, go uh, and get on a boat." And uh, uh, of course, that that journey that they took on the Sea of Galilee it involved struggle. And, 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 you know, sometimes as, as we think of a, a, a walk that we take it, in this Christian life that we know as a, as a journey, as a walk, it, it can be tough. It, it, it's a struggle. We have, we have struggles sometimes with, with others. In fact, we're coming into that season of Thanksgiving, and, and you probably get together as family. And Uncle Doug's going to be there. And Aunt Teresa and uh, Aunt Frida will be there. And sometimes these people just kind of rub you the wrong way. They maybe dominate the conversation or eat the last piece of pecan pie. And, and you have those struggles, yes? <laughs> I'm usually that guy. Uh, but, but we have struggles at, at times. We have struggles with, with sickness, with, with temptations, with, with, with just life being hard. And it's during those times, my my encouragement to us this morning is that we're never alone. We're never alone. Jesus is available with hands stretched out to save. He's that calming voice that says, take heart and have no fear. So we come to this encounter in Matthew 14. If you need to turn there, you can do that. In Matthew fourteen, and and, and, and Peter is going to walk on water. Now, the Gospels, uh, all other Gospels, uh, Mark and John mention this, but in Matthew, it's the only place where it has. Peter walking on the water, so I I thought that was significant. Now, as we go through this, as we look at this passage, uh, I know when I as I tried to research did research this, um, it it was cool because I I sometimes read the passage in several translations just to help get a feel for the for the passage, and uh, uh, one of the Bibles I have is a red lettered Bible. And in the red-letter Bible, you know, that's the words of Jesus. And, and what was cool, Jesus makes six statements here. And he says, take courage. He, he says, it's I. Don't be afraid. And then he says, come. And, and then he says, you of little faith. And then he says, why did you doubt? So, so these words from Jesus, I thought that was kind of cool as I researched this. That These are six statements that, that Jesus gives to us in this passage. So. Go with me on this journey as we go with the disciples on the Sea of Galilee. And the first thing I'd like us to look at is found in verses 22 through 27, and that is the storm that disrupts the journey. Jesus, had, again, just fed the, the, the 5,000 and more, and, and now he tells the disciples, hey, you need to get on a boat. And... Uh, it says, verse 22, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Now some wonder why this happened. And other uh, gospel accounts like John say that, that very possibly they, the, the crowds wanted Jesus to be their king. They, they wanted him to, 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 to be their leader And and as we researched this, some thought, well, hey, maybe the disciples will buy in, and and that's not God's plan for this. So, so hey, get on this boat. You need to go on a journey. And he dismisses the crowd, verse 23, the Bible says, and he went up to a mountainside by himself to pray. And then it says, later that night, he was was there alone. And I think there's a good... Uh, valuable point there for us right away and that is seeking solitude with God was always a priority for Jesus. Seeking solitude, uh, uh, connection, closeness, a, a time where, where, where he'd get alone with the Father. And, and what a good discipline and a good reminder for all of us here today to, to take time to be alone. And, and you know what's cool about that? There, there's four thoughts to this. When, when we take time alone, it, it, it renews and it strengthens us. It renews and it strengthens us. And then it gives us a perspective in, in what our mission is. It, it helps us get, get focused on, on that perspective. And having a right perspective on what we're called to. Time alone. It allows us to focus on. On God's power within us. Focus on God's power within us. And then one more. It aligns our heart on doing his will. It allows us to just, again, just get back to the center of where we need to be in the journey. And and, and boy, if Jesus needed this discipline, we need this discipline. I I know we're, we're very rushed often. Our lives hurry here. Hurry there. And we get in that season where it's more and more. But, but, but the lesson from Jesus here is get alone and redirect the path you're called to and, and be faithful to that priority. And, and you know, it's interesting. As, as we think of this, this face-to-face time, the, the Scriptures help us. He, 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 the Bible teaches that he prayed until the fourth watch. Of the night. Now we don't use that idea anymore of, of watches of the night, but from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., in ancient times, they had these different watches, different time frames, and, and there were four. And the first time frame was from 6 to 9 p.m., that was known as the fourth watch. And then from 9 until midnight, that was another watch. And then from midnight till 3, another watch. And then from 3 to 6, Another watch. So, so basically we have here, Jesus had spent all night in prayer. So the perfect son of God needed that. And boy, we need that as well. The passage goes on and it says in verse 24, look what it says. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So a storm hits, which was and is a popular thing on the Sea of Galilee. You know, storms can come up quickly, and, and, and that's what took place. So they're on this journey, a, a, a storm hits, and, and, and it's no longer a, a, a good cruise, a, a pleasure trip. And, and I think there's another lesson there for us. And this is it even though there's obedience, we're not immune to the storms of life. Even though there's obedience, we're not immune to what takes place. I think sometimes, well, I'm a follower of Christ. You know, I'm going to get all in for Jesus and life's just going to be good. Well, it's, it's not that way. Sorrows come to every person. But the great thing about it is when, when we're in the storm, Jesus is there with us. And uh, it's good to be obedient, but it doesn't mean that you're going to be, uh, uh, storms are going to happen to all of us. So it's shortly before dawn, verse 25. Jesus went out to them, and he's he's walking on the lake. So between 3 and 6 a.m., so they're on this Sea of Galilee for several hours. the, the, The storm's raging, and Jesus goes to them. Now, I love this because Jesus is always aware of our situation. He knows the storms we face. He knows the storms we're going to face. And and he graciously is there to help. And that's a good thing. And, And sometimes he's there helping and seeking to help, and we don't even recognize it because our focus is not on him. Realize, all of us here today, that his presence is there during the storm. And and his word is is such a help to us. It it gives us comfort. I love to give scriptures to you. And, And in Psalm 18, it says this. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock. In whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Psalm 34. I sought the Lord. He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. And then one more in Psalms. You roll over the surging sea, and when waves mount up, you still them. God's word. It gives us comfort. It gives us peace. It gives us hope. It gives us direction. The passage again. Notice verse 26 it says So when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. Now, so picture this. They're on this sea a, a good many hours. And. A lot of these that were disciples were fishermen, so they had spent lots of time on the sea, and they'd battled storms, but they'd never probably seen a ghost. And and that's what they thought they saw. And and, and, and as as you look at this, oftentimes fear gets in the way of us seeing Jesus. And, and there's lessons full in this passage, even before we get to Peter walking on the, on the, on the sea. Because right here we see uh, Jesus is there to comfort and to direct us back to him. And, and he gives him words. And he, and he speaks right out and he says, take courage, verse 27. It is I. Don't be afraid. Now, just another side observation of all this. In verse 22 and 27 and 31, notice Jesus uses this word immediately. That's just an observation I saw. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get in the boat. Immediately, he says, take courage. Immediately, Jesus reaches out his hand. So it's cool because there's no delay here with Jesus. He, he, he's, he's prompt. He, it's in an instance. i just throw that out there just to kind of throw it out there. Um, But but these words, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And boy, when we get into God's word and open it up and and, and he gives us a word, it's like, hey, don't be afraid. I'm here with you. I'm going to get you through the storm. I'm going to hold your hand through the situation. And boy, the comforts that come as we read and, and look at God's word. Some more. In John 16, it says, I've told you these things so that in me... You may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Doesn't that give us hope? Hey, his peace will be there. Psalm 61. From the ends of the earth I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And then some words from Peter. Now again, this is several years after this encounter. And in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, he says, and I love it that he uses the word casting, because remember, Peter was a fisherman. And if you're a fisherman, you probably cast at times. And, and he says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. What you what you're dealing with? And then he does say this. There's going to be those tests. And after the suffering, you suffered a little while, the God of... Grace, who called you to his eternal glory, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. And look at that. He, 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 he says, okay, he, he, I throw it at me. Times are going to get tough at times. But he's going to confirm or restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish. He, he throws four verbs at us. And these are actions that will take place... As he reminds us that that what you do for Christ will be followed by eternal glory. And I love this word established because I had to look it up. What's it really mean? To get you to a place where your walk won't be shaken. That's that idea of being established. you know, To a point that your walk's not going to be shaken. And again, we can relate to Peter. He's years down the road from this encounter on the sea. And, and he's able to recognize, hey, God's going to establish us as we put our faith and trust in him through the journey. So we, we, we look at the, the disruption on the storm. By, by the way, that'll be the longest point. Okay, so just let you know. There, there's a passion that follows. And, and it says in verse 28, it says, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. So Peter hears the voice of Jesus, and he says, hey, can I join you? That's basically what he's saying here. Uh, And and some criticize this. They say, well, he is just full of himself. He wanted to show off. They they thought he was being irrational. But what I believe is Peter saw hope. I mean, he's fearful. He's fearful in the storm, and he saw hope because In the presence of Jesus, there's hope. So they're physically, they're mentally exhausted. They've struggled for hours. And Peter speaks out first, which is typical. And he says, hey, can I just come to you? And you know what's great about Peter? He knew Jesus both in his power and his love. And he's in a season where he's saying, God, I just got to get out of this situation, and you're my lifeline. You are my hope in this. And see, Peter was able to look past the problem to the power of Jesus. And and this produced hope in his life. I love what 1 John says. The one who is greater, the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And, And that gives great great comfort to us because God's bigger than the storms. He's greater than all that is in the world. Remember that. So Jesus, Jesus says in verse 29, come. Come, he said. Peter got down out of the boat, walked in the water, and he came to Jesus. Now, a strong word here. It, it, it's more than giving Peter permission He's commanding Peter. And Peter we accuse at times, and he did mess up a lot with many faults, but a lack of affection for Jesus was not one of them. Peter loved Jesus, and and, and he craved to be with him. And and, and that's a a commendable thing for all of us, to have a a passion to follow, to, to have intimacy, to have closeness. With the Father. So Jesus commands Peter to come, even though it really made no sense, and Peter steps out of the boat. And and Peter does what God tells him to do come experience something that you've never dreamed of. Come to me, come be with me, come be a part of a miracle, come and be an example to others. It's Jesus, come. He, and he's not asking to walk on the water so he could show off to the disciples. He did not ask to walk on the water so he could enjoy an unusual experience. He was desperate. He wanted to walk on the water so he could be with Jesus. His goal, his goal was the presence of Christ. I see a great reminder here for all of us to walk closer with Christ. Seek to be intimate with him and want to be in the will of God so you can deal with life through the storms and be committed enough, passionate enough, close enough so you can Get out of the boat like Peter does. Peter sees Christ near. He wants to be with Christ because there's safety in him. I don't know if you dealt with this, but we'd have storms at times growing up and, and we lived in an older home and 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 it was a big old house and the windows would rattle when the, the uh, uh the thunder would, would clap and and we'd get scared. And I can remember several times where those storms would hit, and they typically for us would, would happen at night and and what we'd do we'd run to mom and dad's room and typically being from a family of eight, there were already a couple kids in bed with them, and uh, I was like, "Get out of here boy," so we'd just sleep on the floor. But the idea of it was there was a closeness there was a a, 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 a closeness with mom and dad and uh, by the way, parents and grandparents, we are that. We are that to be there, to be that, that, that security. Of course, God's greater. But, but, but there's safety in the, the, the loving parents, the con- connection that took place. But, but it's, a, it's a refuge. And Jesus saw that this refuge with the Father. And Jesus saw, but I meant to say Peter. Peter saw, he, he knew this. He knew that was his safe place during the storm. God's our refuge, Psalm 46 says. An ever-present help in time of trouble. So, Peter joins him on the water. He, he, Jesus says, come to, you, to me on the water. And, 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 and if Peter had just jumped in and yelled, Jesus, help me walk on the water. He's not to say that at all. What well, what his request shows, that, that once Jesus told him to come... He followed. That's the passion of Jesus. And then the fear that comes in verse 30 and 31, the sinking fear that comes. When he saw the wind, the Bible says, he was afraid and began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Now, why did Peter sink? Well, There's a couple reasons I haven't mentioned here. The first reason I believe he sank, or one of the reasons, his focus was on the circumstances rather than the Savior. His focus was on the the circumstances rather than on the Savior. So Peter takes this short walk on the water. Fear comes upon him, and he begins to sink. And he's doing good. I mean, imagine this walk. When his eyes were focused on Jesus, he was walking on water. But when he sees and feels the wind around him and the storm around him, he takes his eyes off of God and he starts to sink. And you know, For all of us, I think sometimes it's easy to look at the circumstances, but yet when we do that, it messes up our focus. Don't let Jesus out of our vision. When we do that, we're doomed for failure. And you won't walk well. And then another thought to all this is, not only did he focus on the circumstances, but he focused on fear. He he, he focused on fear instead of faith. And you know, when our faith is is little, we can easily sink into fear. And when Peter walked on water, it was by faith. And when he began to sink, his walk in fear took over. And fear is going to sink us. Perfect love casts out fear the Bible teachers. And and it's hard sometimes, at least for me, to not look at what's going on around and not be, man, what's going to happen to my kids? What's going to happen to my grandkids? But the promises we hold on to from Scripture allow us to put our faith in the Savior who is there during the storm and help us through life. So a, a question for reflection as we continue to go through this journey. Is there any fear that is gripping you right now that is controlling your decision-making? Is there any fear right now that is controlling you? Or is there any fear that is gripping you and controlling your decision-making? 1 John again. There is no fear in love, but perfect Love casts out fear. And you know, when we believe in the perfect love of Jesus, it gives us strength to obey. Strength to obey. So verse 31. So Peter's thinking. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Now, there's a lot in here, but one thing I, that jumps out at me right away is it is Peter begins to sink, and his prayer life takes center stage. And he says, Lord, save me. Uh, Peter realized who he should turn to and who was there to rescue him. And, and what's great here is The prayer he he offers is a short prayer, and it allows him to focus back to Jesus. And I love the lesson here, because I've been around people at different times who, you know, they've messed up, and they just have given up on the Christian walk, and, you know, I've done too much to come back to the Lord. I've I've failed him too much. I've 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 focused on the wrong things too much, and yet that that's not true. No matter what we've done, when we mess up and when we fess up and we cry out to the Father, He is there with His helping hand. And, and you know, I, I I've seen pictures of this in their man-made pictures, so maybe it was, but I but I picture this tough fisherman who's. <laughs> sinking, and the, the gentle yet firm hand of Jesus just reaching out and, come on, boy, I'll help you through. And, and it's just a, such a cool picture to me as I, as I think of that. You know, his, his, his faith had failed, yet his prayer was, God, do something. <laughs> Get me out of this. And, and it's a great example of, of coming back to Jesus. In Psalm 50, verse 15, it says, And call on me in the day of trouble. I'll deliver you, and you will honor me. Now, we don't go to God for help because we deserve it. We go to God for help because of his great mercy. Come to me in time of trouble. He began to sink, and he wastes no time on crying out to Jesus. You know, this is a prayer of desperation, a prayer of fervency. I mean, it's not like, well, you know, bless the missionaries, and Lord, bless this. I mean, he's like, God, you need to do something here. It's a, it's, a, it's a heartfelt prayer, and he's not wasting words. He's not trying to impress anybody with his words. He just says, God, get me out of here. And then Jesus comes along and says, verse 31, You of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, Jesus gives a, a gentle yet firm reminder. You know, he he had faith. And he and he rescues him, and that's what's kind of cool. He 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 helps them, and then he says, But Peter, your face small, your face little, you 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 it, it, he, you could have gotten through this if you'd kept your eyes on the right things. But yet a little faith. Is better than no faith. And, and we, uh, we think of Peter, and I think of Peter, it's like just the day before, he had just fed over 5,000 people. So he had just seen this great miracle, and, and, and it's not, I think that's where, where Peter is. It's like, man, I've just gotten through this, and, 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 and God's been there through storms. So walking on water, and then we'll get to our last point. Walking on water, what does that look like? Well, walking on water means facing your fears and choosing not to let fear have the last word. Walking on water, discovering and embracing the call of God in your life. Walking on water, daring to obey, daring to have faith. Walking on water, experiencing God's power to accomplish in me what I could not do on my own. That's walking on water. So the story ends with worship. With worship. And as we look at verses 32 and 33, it says, And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, You are the Son of God. So Peter's obedience and his faith, even little faith, was an example to others. Now, use your imagination in this. You know, they're in the water. Peter's sinking. God's rescuing him, and he rebukes him. And the storm's still going on, and the passage says... They, they, they get back in the boat. And in fact, he, he, he's reminding him in the water with the storm still going on. You have little faith. Did you get that? Have you ever wondered how he got back in the boat? Did he walk, or did Jesus just kind of pick him up and carry him? The passage doesn't say, but, but he did get back in the boat, right? And, and it's cool to think about. It. Peter is is given God's. General reminder here that, hey, I'm going to be with you through the storm. I'm going to carry you back to the boat. When we are interested in the person of Jesus, the presence of Christ, we experience peace. And, and the result from the disciples here was truly you are the son of God. And, and, and that's an important aspect of God working in our lives, that we worship him, that we give him praise. And, and they'd, the, the other disciples had seen this, and it led them to worship. Truly, you're the son of God. So, no matter what God calls us to do as a, as a church, as, as an individual be obedient to what is out there for us. It requires all of us to get out of the boat and be obedient to him as we keep our eyes on him. We don't compare. We don't compete. But we worship the one who says, come, it is I. That's the goal of, of all of us here today, to put God, to put Jesus on display so here's some application peace is not found in the absence of the storm but it's found in the presence of Jesus and in the middle of the storms we can have peace when we keep our eyes on him and again it's a very individual thing God gives us people to help us on the journey but it really comes down to Me and God and you and God. It's not something people can carry you through. So when God speaks, dare to obey, dare to make a difference. It sometimes doesn't make a lot of sense. But remember the words of Jesus, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid, and then come. It requires stepping out of the boat and going the next step with him holding your hand. Our faith, it will unleash the supernatural power. Don't let, faith, don't let fear sink you through the dirty. Worship. And then one more word from Jesus. He said in Matthew 11, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Let's pray. God, thank you for passages like this in your word, passages uh, that we can relate to. And, and, and see you working through an individual like Peter. And Lord, I pray that each of us, as we examine this passage, and as we examine these thoughts, I believe that will we'll hopefully challenge us to, to walk more closely with you. We just pray that we keep our eyes on you, Lord. The perfect Father through this. Thank you for lessons of, from Jesus. Hey, Jesus needed intimacy with God, so he prayed. And he spent lots of connection with, with God. And, and we're thankful for that. So may each of us walk in truth, walk in holiness, and walk as you tell us to walk without fear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.